All right, welcome everyone to episode lucky number seven of the Ben and Corey podcast. I'm Corey Novotny. And I'm Benjamin Carlson. We're starting to get into a groove now and releasing a new podcast every two weeks. We appreciate our fans for continuing to show support by listening to us on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. That's right, Corey. If you haven't already, please rate and subscribe and keep on listening to our podcasts in the future. So with that, let's get started. After a long and exciting postseason, we have finally reached the NBA Finals with LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers taking on Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors for the fourth straight year. We'll talk about Cleveland and Golden State both surviving two exciting seven-game series in the Conference Finals and tell you who we think will receive the Larry O'Brien Trophy and be crowned NBA champions. The NHL has also reached this championship series, and we're left with one of the most exciting Stanley Cup finals in recent years. Can the Vegas Golden Knights cap off their improbable debut season with a championship, or Alexander Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals expel the final demons of postseason pass and finally hoist Lord Stanley's Cup for the first time? Ben and I will preview and predict the NHL's unlikely finals matchup. We also debut a new segment this week called Listener's Choice, where we field a question or discussion topic provided to us from one of our amazing listeners. And in honor of Memorial Day, Ben and I debate our favorite burger and hot dog toppings in today's top five. So let's get started talking about the NBA playoffs. And uh, we, we it was definitely a treat to have both of these series go to a uh, climactic Game 7. Yeah, I was certainly not expecting it, at least in the West. Uh, I thought the East was going to be a little closer, which uh, turned out to be the, the case with a, a seven-game series there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, just... Uh, <laughs> Great series, but as a Celtics fan, I'm I'm definitely disappointed with the outcome. Um, right, right. Yeah, you know, didn't have the highest expectations going into the postseason, but I certainly, uh, after watching the Celtics take care of Milwaukee and Philly, I thought they were going to win the series, and they had a 3-2 lead, and LeBron James just proved why he has been the king of the East for seven, now eight straight seasons. Yeah, no, and this is this game. I felt like this game seven was so pivotal for LeBron's legacy. I, 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 like it seems like every time he comes onto the court for an important like game in the postseason, it's like oh, time to find out if LeBron is legit, you know. But we, so quickly we are to forget the amazing things Le- LeBron has done in the past. I just feel like if he had lost this game seven to a really promising, a surprisingly good Celtics team, people would be saying like, aha, Bron exposed. He's not, you know, we all said he was so good, but look, he just lost to these, to the Celtics. Like this was a good Celtics team. Uh, and I think that LeBron James just showed us again that he's unlike any other player, at least in the game today, uh, to be able to pretty much single-handedly uh, defeat them. He was the only, the only, 
uh, team in this postseason that's been able to beat the Celtics in Boston. Uh, so I, I, I mean, I was sleeping on the Celtics harder than anybody. Um, but I think that at this point, everyone should recognize the talent that they've brought to the postseason. And LeBron James should have everyone should be saying LeBron like singing LeBron's praises after what he did to will the Cavs into another final series. Yeah. Um, I have never been willing to just outright praise LeBron James. Um, just rooting against his team, uh, by rooting for the Celtics all these years has made that easy. Right. But yep. you know, this, this series especially just the way that it ended um it's it's hard to take away from lebron's accomplishments and i i do think that the celtics were a legitimately great team even without kyrie irving and gordon hayward um you know indiana in the first round nobody expected that to be a really good series and to have uh lebron struggle and uh the Cavs barely won in seven games it was easy to kind of write them off. But the Raptors, once again, proved that they can't handle LeBron no matter who else is on his team. And, yep. you know, the Celtics, in the end, Game 7, their, their youth and, and experience showed. And, uh, you know, LeBron has been doing this for 15 years now, and I don't know when it's going to stop. <laughs> yeah, that's and that's terrible for a Celtics fan, I, mm-hmm. I guess, because like LeBron has been just eight finals in a row for LeBron guarantees eight like eight years of not going to the finals for the Celtics, and uh, so that's got to be difficult as a fan of the Celtics. But let's take a look at the the players themselves uh, on the Celtics and, and try to figure out why they're not going to the finals because uh, I, there's a noticeable lack of production from uh, Scary Terry Rozier in Game Seven. So what did you think of his performance? You know, <laughs> Rozier was thrown into the starting lineup when Kyrie was injured. And I think his performance, uh, 4 points, 2 for 14 shooting, 0 for 10 from 3, is enough evidence that the Celtics aren't ready to just cast Irving to the side and move forward with Terry Rozier. Uh, yep. You know, Jalen Brown didn't have the greatest game. Uh, you had struggles from Marcus Smart. Overall, the whole team shooting three, seven for 39. That's a pathetic performance, and that's not going to get it done. And I think that ultimately you do have to put some of the blame on that game on Brad Stevens not making the adjustments he needed. And what It seems like every time like LeBron is able to pull out these wins, it's because at least one of the guys on his team decides that they can be a contributor. So have we found that guy who's going to be a consistent contributor who that is going to be able to back LeBron up? You know, the, the easy answer, I would think, would be Kevin Love, uh, but he's injured. He missed Game 7, and the Cavs won without him. They were minus 18 when he was on the court and plus 20 when he wasn't in the first six games. And then it, you know, from there, Game 7, they showed that they didn't need him, uh, or at least were able to win without him. Jeff Green did step up, uh, like you mentioned, but I think overall... Uh, Cleveland's shortcoming will be that LeBron doesn't have a number two. He doesn't have a Dwayne Wade or a Chris Bosh or a Kyrie Irving. And the way Kevin Love is playing right now, he's not the same Kevin Love that was 
winning uh, the the finals with them two years ago. So I I don't know if there's someone he can turn to. I think it'll be a game by game basis, if anything. Yeah, and, and I'm excited to see it because that, that really is the question. Uh, we know LeBron is still LeBron, but this is pro- pro- one of the poorest uh, supporting cast we've seen for his finals career. So, uh, But I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves talking about the Cavs going into their next matchup because we still haven't talked about what happened in the West. Uh, another seven-game series that came to a climactic finish with the Warriors and the Rockets. And the Rockets had a chance to put this series away in both yep. of the last two games. They found a way to let the Warriors back in. Yeah, it, it is unbelievable to me how they managed to blow it twice. In game yeah. one, you're up by 17 at the end of the first, and then you only score 25 points in the entire second half, and you lose by 29. And then game seven, when the Rockets were up at halftime by double digits, I was like, all right, they're going to put this one away. Didn't totally think that Golden State was out of it, but I, I did not see them taking the lead midway through the third quarter again. And, uh, yep, you know, with the Rockets' style of play, they've always said, you live and die by the three, and they died hard in Game 7. Seven oh for gosh, 44. they died. <laughs> 27 Ugh. in a row missed. 27 in a row, which is the most ever in the playoffs. Um, that's completely unacceptable yeah and you know that that was their downfall you can say what you want about chris paul not playing in game six and game seven but the fact of the matter is houston went up early they in both of those games and then they choked in the second half and that's that's been the narrative for the rockets in the past that's been the narrative for james harden that came true here in the western conference finals and you know the fact that they were even able to get it to game seven surprised me i know it surprised you we were yeah we were very much like golden state in five they might even sweep yes and uh houston was able to you know prove us wrong but well whoa, 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 whoa. you haven't heard my qualifier yet okay because i didn't know that iguodala was going to be hurt fair and even though i don't actually think that his presence would have made it a five game series i'm still allowed to say that because he didn't play well and yeah they also lost. coach steve kerr said that too he said it wouldn't over in five if they had iggy they lost by um, three and four so. points in uh game four and five so i do think that it's you fair know? yeah I, <laughs> I know well the so golden state won game three by 41 and when i found out iguodala wasn't playing it was like oh i guess they're only gonna win by 25 tonight and they lost <laughs> um <laughs> So, yeah, I, I don't know. I think his health, along with Kevin Love's, are going to be big storylines going into the NBA Finals. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Iguodala won Finals MVP because of his defense against LeBron a few years ago. So I think it, it would hurt them to not have him at all in this series. So, yeah. But regardless. Yeah, it, it was really un- unfortunate. There were a lot of, like, just a missed chance by the Rockets. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of reminds me of. It kind of reminds me of the way the Raptors played against LeBron, where it's like, this is your chance. This is like the best you're going to get. And um, and they find a way to blow it ridiculously awfully. Yep. Like, I mean, the, like getting swept is obviously worse than losing game seven. But to like to blow a lead in the last two games and let the Warriors come back like you're uh, you, you know, the Warriors are going to play good basketball. You just can't miss 27 in a row. And that's what they yeah. decided to do. Yeah, it really begs the question. Can anyone beat the Warriors? Can anyone actually pull off a complete seven game series against them? Because. They had no trouble winning the finals last year, going sixteen and one. 
in the playoffs. This year they you know they lost uh, one of their games to New Orleans, but they they swept San Antonio and the Pelican series wasn't all that close in five games. But the going into the Houston series uh, to have the Rockets like come that close and still not be able to pull it out, it really makes you wonder like what's it gonna take to beat this team? Because Kevin Durant scoring thirty points a game and Steph Curry scoring twenty five. It's just hard to match that. You throw in Clay Thompson, yeah. Draymond Green, and just the other role players they have. You know, Houston was designed to beat the Warriors, and they still couldn't pull it off. So yep. But <laughs> so that leads us. That brings us to the foregone conclusion: the matchup everyone is predicting yep. at the beginning of the season: Warriors, Cavs for the finals again. Now, my first question, Corey, is. How do they determine who gets home field advantage in the finals? Is it better seed? Better record. So Golden State, yeah, Golden so, State finished with a higher record in the regular or better record in the regular season. What's the tiebreaker? Point uh, difference. I actually don't know what the tiebreaker is. I don't know if that's been a scenario. But it's not. It's not anything to do with the All Star game, right? The no, game, no, the All Star game. Yeah, not like in baseball. It's not like that in baseball anymore. Oh, yeah, really? they changed that rule a couple years ago. Realize it was a silly rule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, so so Golden State has home court advantage. Um, yep. But, although it is kind of interesting how it was Team LeBron versus Team Steph in the All-Star game. And now they're, they're playing again with uh, Team Steph having another All-Star team and Team LeBron having a well, college team. Right, and it... it- Honestly, right now it doesn't look like a very good matchup. Like it, I'm not sure if it would look that much better if it was if it was the Celtics going up against the Warriors. Because at the very least, that would be a team versus a team. But it just seems like if you if you're gonna have anybody stand up to LeBron James, like if you're gonna try to bring star power, uh, Kevin Durant is a pretty good ha- person to have. Uh, but then you have mm-hmm. you know once you have Kevin Durant and LeBron James, like probably maybe matching each other as far as like points production. Uh, you, the Warriors have a, such a better supporting staff. Like it's not even, it's not even close. So, on paper, this looks like a done deal. Like you might do a generous, yep. you know, Warriors in five to say that LeBron James will will the the Cavs to a single victory. But gentlemen sweep. Yeah, gentlemen's <laughs> a gentleman yeah, sweep, which just, I, just I like actually, last year. yeah. <laughs> uh, and I I don't know. Do you do you have anything to say that to to say? why we shouldn't think that way i think the uh the response to that starts and ends with lebron james yeah you know in 2015 he played the entire finals without or without kevin love and only had Kyrie irving for game one and he still took a two to one lead against golden state and ultimately lost in six games but you know he willed himself to the finals already with that supporting cast. Now, obviously golden state is a completely different beast than any team that he faced in the East. But if, if Cleveland's going to win, then LeBron is going to have to have a monster series. He'll probably need some help or he'll need to make his teammates better, which I think he is capable of doing. Um, And I think that would have to go down as one of the greatest finals performances of all time if he is actually able to defeat this Golden State team essentially by himself. 
Right, right. Because, I, I mean, all I've heard from people that I've talked to after these two, like, once we found out who was going to be in the finals, you just hear groans. This again? Yep. I can't believe this is going on again. Well, um, that begs the question. Is Cavs-Warriors four years in a row good or bad for the NBA? Right. Because you got to look at it, like, if you have a team that's winning a conference on each side four years in a row, the, the, you've, you're probably seeing some uh, generational talent. So, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's just good basketball going on. And this also opens up the whole discussion to like, rigging the NBA. Because of, of all the major sports that I keep up with, I feel like NBA is the one where I most routinely see people accusing the NBA of rigging. Because they, you can influence the game so much with the refs. Um, so yeah, that's always been a huge storyline, uh, particularly surrounding these two teams. So right, and it, but it's like I hear the, the same people who are saying the NBA is rigged are the same people who are like, I'm not watching the finals because it's the same teams, and like I'm tired of watching the same teams. So why would the NBA intentionally set up a finals that people think is boring? Yeah, oh, that's a good point. And, you know, people are still going to watch no matter what they say. Yeah. They're going to watch. It's LeBron James against the Warriors. It's going to be an exciting series uh, regardless of whether it goes four games or seven. And the NBA has a history of this. You know, we might not have seen it, but Celtics-Lakers, that was every year in the 60s, and it happened a lot in the 80s. You had the same teams. You had Michael Jordan's Bulls made it six times in eight seasons with the two years in between, the Rockets won both years. You had uh, the Spurs with their dominance. It wasn't every single year, but we did before uh, Golden State Cleveland. It was Miami-San Antonio back-to-back years. Right. And you had the Lakers in the finals three years in a row on multiple occasions in the 2000s. So the NBA, it's just in a superstar-driven league when you, it's, you just bring together uh, some of the most talented players in the league. It's common to see the the same teams in the finals and that's not something that we're used to in other sports uh you know it in hockey the penguins last season became the first back-to-back champs in like 20 years the the patriots were the last team to do it in the nfl and that was back in 2004 and in uh baseball you know it's not the the same days of the the yankees glory days that's you haven't seen uh, back-to-back champs there since the Yankees won three in a row back in 2000. But here in the NBA, Golden State is on the verge of doing it. Miami recently did it. The Lakers have done it. And that's all since uh, the, the turn of the decade. So, Right, and it's 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 not the, – the, the thing is it doesn't seem rigged to me because it is so obvious that these are the two teams that deserve to be representing yeah. their respective conferences. Like uh, the Warriors by far I just think are the best team in the NBA in general. Uh, mm-hmm. And LeBron James just continues to prove that he's the best player in the NBA. The most – like I honestly don't know why – well, I do understand there are other players that are playing individual games that are – similarly valuable but just it it, it doesn't even seem like a a case of really like any sort of collusion by anyone besides just the warriors and the and lebron james like being the best talent out there so like to have them in the finals again while yeah i guess it like if variety is what you're looking for you're definitely gonna be disappointed but if you're looking to see the best of the best this is the game you're gonna want to watch uh and and i'm i truly am excited to see it again it's almost like can 
like the hero slay the dragon because the, the warriors look so much more powerful so much more that like, they should walk away at this series but there's only one person who's been able to to do it to, to to knock the warriors out of the playoffs and that was lebron james so uh i I love to see him get another crack at it because it, it would totally change the narrative if the mm-hmm. if lebron james got another ring against this unstoppable warriors because i like I, that would be in four games two each i mean that makes lebron look pretty good um i mean just getting the one is already pretty good but if he if he finds a way to win this series i mean that just piles it on it would it would be huge for his legacy you know he's three and five in the finals jordan went six and oh so a lot of people believe that in itself is enough to discredit lebron's um you know claim to the the greatest of all time status yeah but if he's able to take this team like this Cavs team of all he already beat a 73 win warriors team but he at least had kyrie irving and kevin love and that was you know when tristan thompson jr smith they were still valuable contributors you look at this team though if he's able to beat the warriors then i think if that were to happen then that would be enough for me to to buy into the claim that uh, lebron is in the the same league as mj because i i'm someone who has always been uh jordan is better than lebron but i <laughs> I don't know. This, this is probably all for nothing. Because in my head, uh, he has a better chance of being swept than actually beating this Warriors team. Uh, agreed. But. Agreed, though. And and it's like that's why I like having this opportunity to collect our thoughts mm-hmm. and uh, and you know talk about the possibilities uh, because honestly, it just kind of feels like the inevitability is mm-hmm. a sweep and the Warriors take home another one. Um, yep. So. We'll we'll have to wait and see. Um, I'm I, if I have to make a prediction, I'm gonna go with the gentleman sweep and Warriors. Yeah, in I'm five, going with Warriors in five as well. I think it'll be like last year, uh, whether Cleveland wins game three or four, they're gonna take one at home. They're gonna make people think, oh, they might actually win the series, and then that's just not yep. gonna happen. So, I'm praying that LeBron pro- like proves us wrong and does something crazy because that'd be really fun to watch but it would, it would be fun to with... see the series go longer uh definitely more entertaining than a warriors blowout every night but uh with that i think uh we can move on to the other sport that is uh in their championship series and that is the national hockey league uh the yep. stanley cup finals are underway and we have arguably the greatest american sports story in the the modern sports era with the vegas golden knights an expansion team first ever season and they are playing for the stanley cup going up against a washington capitals team that for the entirety of the past decade and more have been not necessarily a joke because they've been great in the regular season but when it comes to the playoffs every single year they would get upset but they're finally in the cup final. And I think that uh, this this could be a very exciting series. So, I agree. I, I think uh, either way, as a neutral fan in this situation, I'm happy for either team if they win it because it's both of them are kind of an underdog story, if that's even possible. And uh, But especially the Golden Knights. I mean, this is the type of thing where if the Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup uh, – it would be something that you could make a movie about. And if you watched the movie without knowing 
that happened in real life, you would claim that it's too unrealistic uh, oh, yeah. because it's so crazy that these guys who are unprotected by their respective teams came together and formed potentially the best team in the NHL. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's unreal. Just looking at the roster that they started out with going into the season and people can say what they want about the Knights being handed a playoff team, but nobody expected them to actually be a playoff team this year. Everyone thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the league. They, their best players were cast off by other teams. Uh, William Carlson, 43 goals scored this year. Like he, he's the the prime example. He uh, when he was drafted, um, or no, he was traded from the Blue Jackets to the Knights because they wanted uh, the Knights to draft a different player. So they said, okay, don't draft this guy. We'll give you Carlson if you take someone else. And Carlson is uh, one of the best. Had one of the best seasons in the league. Their goalie, Mark Andre Fleury. The Penguins benched him two years ago for a 21-year-old rookie who won two Stanley Cups with them. They had no intention of keeping Flurry. They would have traded him if the Knights didn't draft him. And Flurry could easily win the uh, the Conn Smythe Trophy for MVP of the playoffs. So it, it's just amazing what this team has been able to do. Uh, you know, whether you like it or not, as a, a pure traditional NHL fan, the Knights' story is fantastic and uh, a certainly improbable one definitely i'm so excited i'm like this is probably the most excited i've ever been about a stanley <laughs> cup playoffs just because of that yeah. uh just to potentially witness history but let's not leave out that the caps also uh at least making history for washington teams finally going to a uh a championship series or game mm-hmm. uh here uh, something that the rest of the teams from D.C. can't seem to accomplish. No, no, it is. Uh, the, the Capitals, they have, uh, year after year, they would be one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, and they'd lose in the first round or they'd lose in the second round. They finally knocked off the Penguins, who got the best of them two years in a row, and then they beat the Lightning in the Eastern Conference Finals, and now they're actually in the Stanley Cup Final. And I honestly did not think that uh, Alex Ovechkin and the Capitals were going to get there. But here they are. And you have uh, two very exciting teams because of that. So uh, if you want to talk about... So predictions, Corey. Tell me, tell yeah. me what you think is going to happen. You know, the Knights going into the playoffs, uh, I did not think that they were going to be very successful. Uh, I think that, or at least I was of the mindset that a lot of their regular season success was because people weren't taking them seriously. They were enjoying Vegas too much. Uh, just you know, various uh, reasons you can throw out there. And that when the playoffs roll around, it's not going to be the same. But they have been dominant. Uh, they have only lost three games this entire postseason. And uh, that's the fewest since 2014 uh, for a team entering the finals. They're playing really well right now. Uh, I can see either team winning a series. I think it's going to be a great series. I'm going to go with the Knights in six games. Okay. Uh, but definitely an exciting one to watch. I, um, I'm i actually thinking this one's going to go all the way down to the wire. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, But I am going to take the Knights. Give me the Knights in seven. Uh, when right. a, a climactic yeah, so. finish to the NHL season. I think uh, we can uh, officially call our, ourselves a, a pro Golden Knights podcast. Yes, definitely. Well, I'm definitely so, behind. Yeah, gotta gotta love our 
definitely don't don't yeah gotta love her yeah Vegas don't scene. catch us hating on the caps it's not, it's not nothing against the caps yeah. it's just what an absolutely cinderella story um this was yeah i mean just yeah. absolutely crazy um well, I mean, yeah, you say no one's hating on the Caps. As a Penguins fan, I'm not a not a fan of the Capitals, so I uh, very much am rooting against them as much as I'm rooting for Vegas. But you know, we I'll, I'll acknowledge they they finally had a good season. They so. there you go, Caps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, no, we, we with the NHL, like you on one hand, you have the NBA with uh, people are complaining about the same teams making it four straight years. The NHL, in terms of ratings and getting people interested in the sport, this is the kind of series that they would want. You know, you have... So, just, like, looking at the two cities playing uh, in terms of just drawing appeal, on one hand, you have a city with a rich history of sinful behavior, organized crime, low ethics and morals, and on the other, you have Las Vegas. (laughs) So... (laughs) So, you know, they're, they're two, like, uh, really, really big cities. You got, you know, D.C. has a a lot of sports fans just having four teams. Yep. Vegas only has the one in the Knights. They're getting the Raiders in a few years. Well, uh, their fans have shown Yeah, up. well, let's not forget about the Las Vegas Aces. You're right. They do have a WNBA team uh, that, that debuted. Uh, Asia Wilson, of Asia course. Asia Wilson scored the first their, their number one overall pick uh, of that team's history at home. And, uh, yes, yeah, very, very yes, cool. So, um, did not play well in their debut. It was one of the the it was worst blowout losses in WNBA. It's pretty history, pathetic. But, but they have since played yeah. some decent basketball. And uh, Asia Wilson is always on their Twitter accounts. Uh, like whenever they're tweeting highlights, they've always got her on there. So uh, proud of her. Yeah, Go game yeah definitely cool. So yeah, Vegas, Vegas definitely developing into a sports town, and I think it's awesome how fans who you know in the middle of the desert like they're a few hours from la they're a few hours from san diego they're a few hours from phoenix people are all over the place when it comes to being fans of different sports teams but to have everyone unite together uh rooting for the knights selling out t-mobile arena every single night uh it is it's insane like how fans there in a far from a, a wintry icy hockey town have become a huge hockey fan base yeah it's kind of amazing uh yeah that in itself is is definitely something to root for so uh so yeah so with that um so ben and i both both picking the knights we're expecting a a fun series and uh definitely can't wait to see how this one goes out um but with that let's move on to the uh top five not two not three not four Top five, top five, top five. All right. So uh, for this week's top five, we had Memorial Day on Monday, uh, three-day weekend. It's the unofficial start of summer. Uh, I know some kids, generally the further south you go, are actually already out of school by then. Uh, Certainly colleges, everyone is done with classes and graduated. For me, up north, we always had a couple weeks of school left, uh, sometimes even more, depending on how many snow days we had during the year. But Memorial Day is always a big day for barbecues, cookouts, you know, getting together, lots of good food, uh, you know, hanging out by the grill. So because of that, uh, Ben and I ranked our top five favorite burger and hot dog toppings. Yep, and uh, mine gets started uh, number five on my list. I had to throw some respect to the classics 
that lettuce, pickle, tomato. I'm putting it all in as one. They're like the classic condiments you get at any basic cookout. Uh, and there's a reason why they're there every time. These are some. These guys, they're not going to blow you away, uh, but they're they're the good old reliables. Lettuce, pickle, and uh, tomato. Just throw it right on top and make any burger just a little bit more interesting. Yeah, I would add onion into that mix as well. Uh, I think that's the 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 four that typically mm-hmm. go together. Um, personally, I'm not a pickle fan. Never liked them. Uh, always found them more or less disgusting. <laughs> but <laughs> lettuce and tomato, like they're, they're a classic. To put on pickles a are the one they're... out of that group that I would eat on their own. I'm a big pickle fan. Interesting, because I <laughs> I definitely have a lettuce and tomato on my own, but it, it is a little. Weird. I think pickles more <laughs> more reasonable to just you know bite into a a, a dill sure. pickle, um, especially when it comes on the side with like a sandwich right right. Or Give something. me that pickle spear. Um, yeah, yeah, but uh, it's not a sexy pick. That's why it's not in my. It top puts five, yeah. They I put agree. in that like, hard work. You know, they're representing it just about lettuce and tomato. Like one. you got to put them on a burger. They're, they're vegetables. Yeah. They they make your greasy unhealthy burger more or less a salad. So. <laughs> more or less, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, if you take it apart, it's a salad. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, I definitely will, uh, will, will give you that. I think number five is an appropriate place to put that in a list. Um, but my number five. So overall, my list is very uh, burger heavy. I've always been a huge fan of burgers. I uh, actually really wasn't a big fan of hot dogs until high school. But uh, I do enjoy my occasional dog. And if I'm going to have a hot dog, the one condiment that needs to be on it is mustard. And if I'm going to say my, my favorite mustard, I'm going to go with Dijon mustard. Uh, very, very fancier. It gives a nice little flavor as opposed to your Dijon mustard. <laughs> it is uh, actually Not Dijon. has Dijon, Dijon. Di- <laughs> I honestly Dijon. don't know what the yeah, right one is. I know. It's the same thing. It's Well, Dijon is more of a French pronunciation because actually – uh, Dijon mustard originated in the French town of Dijon back in the 17th century. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, fun fact. Uh, that's that's what I just read on Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so uh, for me, like, it gives it a nice little flavor. Um, I think yellow mustard is a classic. I'm not going to complain about it, but I'm not going to be excited about it. And... I think that's something you can agree with as we look at your number four. Yeah, so actually, I'm not a mustard expert, so I'm not exactly sure what the difference between Dijon mustard and spicy mustard are. I wrote my list without looking at yours, so I uh, I think they're different, but all I know is when I see that like spicier, like a little bit browner-looking mustard, um, I know mm-hmm. that's going to go perfect on my hot dog because I agree. Yes. Yeah, mustard is essential for a good hot dog, and I'm fine with getting just the normal yellow mustard, but I need something a little bit more spice, a little more uh, you know uniqueness in it, a little bit more uh, character, and that's what I find every time with spicy mustard. Yep, I, I agree. Uh, that's that's why I didn't go with your typical yellow. Um, yeah, when you, when you you have a hot dog, that's that's when you have mustard. Not a huge fan of mustard on burgers. Um, I think if I'm gonna have mustard on a burger, it's because I'm at a restaurant and it comes with it, and I'm not gonna order it without it. But I'm never gonna go to my way to put it on. I've had, I I, I will have it on occasion. It's not the reason I eat burgers, so it's not definitely not as necessary no. on my burger as it is on my hot dog. Uh, 
Yeah, definitely not. Uh, but moving on, my number four is pimento cheese. And if you're not familiar with pimento cheese, it's a very southern traditional uh, cheese spread, which uses uh, pimentos with with cheese. And there's a, a few other ingredients that go into it. I've never made it personally, but I love getting it on burgers, uh, especially in South Carolina. There are a lot of restaurants that have it as a staple, uh, and it to me it's it's not something that I'm going to eat all the time. Uh, I don't definitely not the healthiest cheese, but if I see a pimento cheeseburger, uh, in particular, so my the two restaurants that I most frequently order that at are Carolina Ale House and Polly's Front Porch, um, which is a, a Columbia staple. Shout out, USC. yeah, th- those restaurants are friends of the podcast. So yes, they, uh, yeah, very shout much out friends to them. of the podcast. Uh huh. Um, yeah, so I definitely love having that. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna eat a cheeseburger anytime I have a burger. But if I had to go with one cheese that I think you know really gives it an interesting flavor and an interesting twist as opposed to just your standard slice of American or cheddar, it's pimento. Nice. Well, my number three uh, is somewhat in the same vein as it is also a cheese, but I went with pepper jack cheese. Uh, and pepper jack cheese for me it kind of serves the same purpose that I would look for spicy mustard to bring to my hot dog. Is it? It's, it, it's more of what you like, just like you like yellow mustard on a hot dog, but it has a little bit of a kick. It's a little more uh, intrigue, a little more reason to uh, you know ponder what's going on in your mouth there. Pepper Jack cheese delivers with the flavor and a little bit of that extra kick. Not gonna, Nothing that's going to make you want to drink water after or cool it off. Just gives it a little bit more, uh, a little bit more flavor, a little spice to it, and, uh, and I always find that interesting on my burgers. Yeah, a lot of people love pepper jack. Not personally a huge fan of it. Uh, I don't necessarily look for spicy cheeses. I do like having flavorful cheese, um, but I'll, I'll generally swap whatever uh, you know cheese alternatives I have if that's what the restaurant is trying to give me. Um, but yeah, you know, it. I guess in the, the same boat as pimento cheese, pepper jack it does give it a, a nice flavor. So. Uh, being a, a spicy fan with your number four and three choices, I I'm think a that's spicy a, a boy, Corey. I'm a spicy <laughs> yes. boy. Yes, yes, that uh, the the Mexican heritage, I'm sure, contributes to that. Of course. Um, so my number three, a fried egg. I I love the combination of a fried egg and a burger. Um, I a big big breakfast fan in general. I think putting an egg with uh, anything makes it fantastic. But when you're able to just you know have a, an egg on your burger, and it was something that I had never had until college actually, uh, it just it gives it like an interesting flavor. Uh, usually there's a little bit of yolk in it. I like that. Uh, I don't necessarily need ketchup at that point. I think it it gives it just like an interesting taste. Um, makes it feel like a breakfast type of food, but it's you know obviously you're. You're not when you're eating a burger. It's lunch or dinner. Um, but yeah, I do. I really enjoy putting a fried egg on a lot of things, uh, particularly other meat and burgers are no exception. Yeah, and the best part is when you bite into that yolk and it just oozes across the rest of the ingredients in the burger, yep. and you get a nice layer uh, of that yolk. So I, I definitely try it. It's it's both a pro and a con in my book because uh, biting into that yolk is going to make your burger substantially more messy. 
Um, yes, but yeah. if you're in, you know, a lot of burgers are messy. And if you're mm-hmm. if you're into that, if you're ready to take on the uh, the flood of juices that are going to come streaming out of your burger, then there's nothing better to, than to add that fried egg. I'm I'm glad you included yep. that because that is a good topping for a burger. Um, at your number three, and moving forward to my number two is avocado. And um, and I know that it's like a classic millennial stereotype to love avocados and to spend all your money on them instead of buying a house. Uh, but I've got to stand by my favorite, uh, my favorite. Well, not my favorite, but one of my favorite toppings to put on a burger. Uh, avocado is a superfood, very nutritious, uh, and it's easy to make it kind of a creamy paste and spread that over your burger spread it on the on the bun and uh add a little bit of nutrition a little bit of reason to, to be proud of yourself uh as as well as adding some delicious flavor to it uh, i try to I, I love avocados even by themselves but they go really well with a nice juicy burger you know i don't know what it is but i i just don't like avocados i don't like guac i don't like avocados i I, I don't know. Everyone loves it. Like everyone says it's like the, the best thing ever. They're you can fantastic. Get on so many stuff. Yeah. I, see people like all the talk about millennials being obsessed with them. And every time I try them, I'm like, okay, maybe I'm just crazy. Like this has to be good. And I just, I don't know. I think it's, I don't know if it's the taste, the texture, both, but I just, I can't get into it. It's I, truly, I don't know. truly it's, unfortunate, <laughs> Corey, the, the rest of the millennials yeah. and I, uh, we cry for you because uh we know you're missing out on such an amazing food when when i can afford to buy a house and all the avocado eaters can't (laughs) i'll i'll be the one laughing (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so uh for my number two so this is one that uh usually i actually i think in all my experiences i've only had this at a restaurant it's Mm -hmm. not a big um cookout or barbecue staple but I love crispy onion straws on a burger. Uh, now, I, I'm totally content if someone just wants to slap a single onion ring on the burger and call it a day. But I like having you know, a lot of them just like tinier pieces. You can get them a bunch of them in every bite. They give it a nice crunch, which everyone loves to have in any kind of sandwich they're eating. And, you know, I think with uh, crispy onion straws in particular... Uh, they they just bring out a lot of flavor in the burger. Um, not a huge fan of raw onions, so being able to still have like that that grilled onion kind mm-hmm. of uh, texture and flavor, uh, especially when you you have it nice and uh, beer battered or whatever, uh, you know, definitely not nearly as healthy, but uh, it's definitely uh, a an essential topping on the perfect burger of mine. I agree with your uh, observation that you usually will only see this at a restaurant because I've had this many times Mm -hmm. with, you know, these uh, deluxe kind of specialty burgers you get at a restaurant. And I don't see it as much at a barbecue. And maybe we should because it's really easy to buy the little box of uh, crispy onions. And I I love those crispy onions. I can eat them just (laughs) right out of the box just with as finger food. Uh, and I, but I also love to add them to dishes that I already love, and burgers are no exception. Uh, so I, great yep. addition here, your number two with the crispy onion straws, uh, yeah. which brings uh, us. Fr- oh, oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say, so friend of the podcast, Carolina Lohos, Uh The last time I went, I ordered their pub burger, which yeah. is their like standard burger, and it comes with both crispy onion straws and onions. And I tried to. Uh, 
be efficient with my order um, while saying I don't want onions, but I do want the crispy onion straws and somehow got lost in translation and ended up with neither. I was very disappointed <laughs> until the waitress is like, okay, yeah, I'll come bring you some. She brought me an entire bowl of the crispy onion straws. So I was able to put some of them on my burger and have some of them on the side. Like you mentioned, just eating them right out of the box. And it was a, a great experience. So uh, shout out to Carolina Alehouse. Shout out old friends of the podcast, Carolina Alehouse. Yes. Uh, represent. Uh, but that leads us to our, uh, our well, neither one of them are unique. We picked the same yes. number one. And, uh, and that is bacon. And for me, that is yes. such an obvious choice because what goes good on what is essentially a meat sandwich, more meat, obviously, mm-hmm. and bacon, thick or crispy, however you like it, bacon is a great topping for a burger. Yeah, I don't think that there's a single sandwich that doesn't go better with bacon. Uh, I think bacon is the best breakfast meat by far. Yep. And I... You know, it, you can put a lot of stuff on a burger, but if you just give me a burger with cheese and a bunch of bacon, I will be totally content. Um, I I love bacon. Uh, I still think bacon is the goat internet food uh, above <laughs> avocado. <laughs> but even yeah, better so, than pizza. I think the yes, internet even loves better than pizza. pizza. Wow. No, nope, okay. I I think yeah, bacon. Bacon is uh, the the number one food out there. I it, even if we want to look at it, um, separating the burgers, just going to hot dogs. If you have bacon bits sprinkled onto a hot dog, usually mm. goes better with like melted cheese or something um, in between. Yeah. But you can't go wrong with bacon in a dish. Yeah, I agree. Uh, especially I, when there's other meat involved. Right. Like when I was in high school and my parents were buying the groceries, I used to take the whole bacon pack. I'd take all the bacon out of it and weave them together much like you would a basket uh to create like one giant sheet of solid bacon that's just weaved in between each other and i would bake them all together in the oven i think it was 15 minutes at 350 or maybe maybe 400 i'm not sure don't don't quote me on that recipe but they'd come out and they would all be cooked together and uh and you just cut yourself off a corner throw that on your sandwich and mmm Nothing but wow, bacon. Yeah, that sounds very good. Yeah. Uh, that actually reminds me of the uh, the YouTube series Epic Meal Time. Yes. When they would love to put bacon and they would make bacon weaves all the time. Definitely. Um, I've never actually seen someone just do that. So that, that's, that's I'm actually, yeah, now that you mention it, I'm pretty sure that's where I got the inspiration from was those guys at Epic Meal Time. They knew how to throw bacon on anything. Yes. Yep. And uh, just like us, we know how to throw bacon on the perfect burger and you know truly make it a perfect burger. Number one on both of our lists. Yep. I like it. So we're going to um, move forward now to our new segment, Listener's Choice. And this one comes from Bradley P. from Columbia, South Carolina. Shout out to Bradley. Uh, and Bradley says, why are sports channel stats so outrageous sometimes? They range from this is LaShawn McCoy's ninth touchdown of the season to that is the 11th time Joe Flacco has thrown a completion in the third minute of fourth quarter on a Monday where the temperature is 67 degrees and the sun is covered with clouds. <laughs> yeah, very specific. You know, obviously a bit of an exaggeration. But I decided to give that question its due diligence. And I did some research mm-hmm. uh, into that <laughs> crazy Joe Flacco stat. So I 
I looked up every single Joe Flacco Monday Night Football game of his career. And interestingly enough, so the third minute of the fourth quarter, so that's between 12.59 and 12 minutes yeah. to go, Joe Flacco only has one completion in that time span. And that was week 14, 2016, a game at New England. Uh, he had a completion with 12.56 to play. But it was 31 degrees that night. It was December in Foxborough. So far off from the 67 degrees. <laughs> uh, he actually had five other occasions in his career. So I believe he's played like 12 or 13 Monday Night Football games. Um, and in those, he's only had six times where he's been around that uh, third minute. So we're going to go back to 2010, week 14 at Houston. Actually had a completion with 11.59 to play. Just missed it by one second. Uh, but he was playing in Houston. They it was forty degrees out. They had the roof. No no suns. No sixty seven. <laughs> um, Twenty eleven week seven at Jacksonville. Uh, Eleven thirty to play. It was sixty degrees out. Week 12, 2014 at New Orleans. Thirteen oh six and eleven fifty two. So sandwiched those third minutes. Both of those games were in a dome. Uh, they're usually heated around seventy one, seventy two degrees. Uh, so no no uh sunny clouds and 67 degree weather in the uh the superdome that night and finally just last season week 12 versus houston the only one at home um he also had completion of 1306 and 1147 to play uh but that game was 50 degrees out so <laughs> so uh, that's a lot more so research than there, i expected you saying, to do it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, from there I'm just saying it is it's that's not a real stat. But I do agree with the concept that there are some very outrageous sports stats out there. Well, here's um, I have two explanations. Number one, mm-hmm. round the clock sports coverage. There is someone on TV talking yes. about sports at any given moment. Um, and you gotta have something to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. so they're gonna talk about some obscure stuff because that you know, at some point some obscure stat will be by someone's determination, the most interesting thing to talk about. Uh, so there's a need yep. for something to talk about. Then the other side of it is the outrageous amount of stats that we keep these days. I did not know that there was someone out there counting every dribble in a basketball game. But <laughs> they have someone doing that because they made a comparison after, I think it was like game one or game two of the Warriors-Rockets um, series. They were like, here's how many dribbles combined Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Kevin Durant had in game one. And here is how many uh, dribbles just James Harden had. And James Harden had, like, the same or more dribbles than those three guys. And I'm like, can you imagine being that guy who has to watch every single dribble? (laughs) Like, I don't know if you can get a computer to do that. Um, So that's – like, if we're doing that, anything is possible. Like, you can – Yeah, so (laughs) – Big data. Yeah, um, the the NFL actually recently – um, they started using radio frequency identification to be able to track stats like that. Usually, uh, just player speed, uh, their their like different movements, acceleration, like all the, all those data that can just be measured by uh, point A to point B and how long it takes to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they use RFID technology for that, and that's something that they they debuted a couple years ago. So like whenever you're watching a game and you see oh uh, you know. Joe Flacco was was running at uh, 11.6 miles per hour uh, on this scramble play. 
uh, that that's kind of how you or how they obtained that data was yeah. using actual technology. Um, but yeah, I think just there there's plenty of stats out there. You just wonder where did they come from. Uh, I love the the stats that are just total coincidence, but they they like noteworthy enough to mention. Uh, one of my favorite ones in recent years, uh, especially this year, was a big big one. Um, so every time since uh, 2011, when Alabama wins the national championship in football, the same year the Patriots lose the Super Bowl. And, or don't win the Super Bowl at the very least. Mm-hmm. Or they only win when Alabama doesn't win. It's, it's something like that. And LeBron, every year, wins the finals. So I just think it's kind of crazy, which I guess when you look at those three sports, um, Alabama, the Patriots, and LeBron James have been the, the most dominant and the ones who are always appearing in the finals. So right. it's you know possible to see that kind of stat but I, I just think it's kind of kind of crazy how that works out and naturally you know people are like oh this isn't a stat like why are you talking about this like yeah it's coincidence like obviously nick saban winning a championship in january it has nothing to do with lebron winning one in june yep. but i do think it's kind of kind of interesting like how that's kind of played out for you know a, a, like a seven eight year period at this point sure yeah i mean it's you know obviously very uh, noticeable events like the championship for a major sport like college football mm-hmm. like people are going to remember that people are going to remember who wins the final so like sure there's a place to draw correlations together uh, but obviously they have nothing to do with each other and that's I think that that's the mm-hmm. final takeaway from uh, living in this age of like constant sports being thrown at you with unlimited data is that uh, you know you can't really draw any a lot of real conclusions from that that's why we play the game. No. Because, like, just mm-hmm. because you've thrown 11 touchdowns during the third quarter at, you know, 60 de- 67 degrees outside or whatever, uh, <laughs> it doesn't mean it's going to happen again. Uh, which, just like, you know, all these times that LeBron James has won the finals when Alabama's won, it doesn't mean that it's going to happen. So that's why we watch. That's why they play these games. Yeah. Uh, so while it can be enticing to l- use the stats as a way to predict the future, you just can't. No, no, but hey, you know, there's always looking for statisticians to, to find these obscure stats and, you know, feed them down people's throat. I guess it's, uh, you know, they, a, a, uh, almost like a, a rule 34 situation on the internet. If you can come up with some kind of crazy stat, someone actually has a calculation to back it up. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that that answers Bradley's question. Uh, we really appreciate him sending this in, and uh, we hope that that was a, an entertaining enough segment, an interesting one, that you, uh, one of our, our great listeners, wants to uh, write in a question or topic idea of your own, and uh, maybe this can be a uh, thing we do every single podcast. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely a lot of fun. Yeah, we love the uh, feedback, and we're always happy to answer questions. Yep, yep. You know, the we we can't have this podcast without uh, people listening to it, and uh, we want to give you the the best experience possible. So, um, definitely look forward to to hearing those, and uh, you know, whether it's through just your friends with us, and you want to text us in, or uh, you know, responding to to our social media, or 
uh, the the SoundCloud and Apple Podcast posts themselves will we, we'll definitely entertain your thoughts. Yes. So, uh, with that, I think we are ready to uh, wrap up this podcast. So, just uh, I guess a, a quick reminder: Ben and I are going with the Golden State Warriors and the Vegas Golden Knights to win championships this June. Uh, and the, the next time we do a podcast, we're either going to uh, praise ourselves for being right or talk about why we were wrong. Or talk about why LeBron is literally the Thanos of the NBA and he somehow defeated the, the Warriors. But yeah. we can only hope. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you have uh, anything you want to leave us with, Ben? Please surprise us, LeBron, but I'm still picking Warriors. (laughs) All right. So thanks, everyone.